You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner in Possible. Who you do business with is more important than where they're located. Bank from the comfort of your own home with M-Prize Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory Podcast with Ken Swanson, Craig Stout, and Matt Lane. Coming to you on the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City. You can find all of our channels covering all the local teams wherever you listen to podcasts or on YouTube. Just search KCSN. And now, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. It's a live game preview edition of the KC Laboratory presented by M-Prize Bank. Member FDIC, our dear friends and our partners in Possible. They are absolutely wonderful. It's wonderful working with them. And this is going to be one of the most wonderful episodes of all because it's just me and Craig today. Uh, no, Maddie, Maddie's in Florida. We're just taking turns making trips to Florida, I guess. I, no, <laughs> no, we're not. I'm not on that schedule, Ben. I'm, good. I'm not going. I'm you not can't, going. I'm you can't pay it. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're doing all right where you're at, Craig. Yeah, uh, I'm all right, bud. But yeah, Maddie's on vacay. Uh, he saw the three Thursdays I took off in a row and said, you know what? I'm going to take one too. Yeah. So good for him. I'm happy for him. Uh, it is me and Craig today. Game preview edition of the lab. It's been, you know, the last time we did a game preview was uh, for a little game called the Super Bowl. How'd that work out? I, I, can't, I, I can't. Oh, right. The Your Kansas God. City Chiefs became the three-time oh. world champions. Oh, gosh, that was good. How many times has Mahomes won a Super Bowl? What is he? Oh, that would be uh, two times. Oh, okay. All right, cool. So the modern area is a two-time. Got it. Okay. Well, thanks, everybody that's hanging out with us. We appreciate you. We're really excited to be talking about this game. Um, you know, it's it's crazy that we're to this point already. And, you know, I feel like, you know, before we get into this too much, like uh, there's probably definitely a little bit of a vibe that's different for Chiefs fans coming off of a Super Bowl where a lot of the roster is back and, you know, it's not like there's just these big giant overarching storylines that you're going to be gleaning from, uh, from game one or from the preseason in general. But I think the good thing is, is the, the question marks that you have can show themselves enough in these games, because a lot of the discourse is about unproven players and preseason preseasons, the opportunity to, um, you know, to kind of let those reveal themselves and, you know, see some of these young guys getting snaps. It's funny that, you know, Craig, this is the Chiefs sped up the timeline last year by winning the whole thing. Uh, but it's still it's still a young team uh, with a lot of young players on both sides of the ball. Yeah, it's it's weird. We we said last year that if the NFL messed around and let them make another AFC championship game, it was over. Like because this was they were taking clear steps towards getting younger, towards, you know, the next era of Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs football. And they went ahead and won the whole damn thing. They they reset the timeline in a big way to the point where now the conversation is about dynasty, which Patrick Mahomes is trying to very artfully sweep under the rug. It's like, hey, listen, we are far from there. We're not there yet. You know, we're working on it, that sort of thing. That's good. But those can start in earnest. And a lot of that comes from the fact that they have continually invested in the draft in smart ways 
added good football players, guys that dropped like a Trey Smith, identified seventh rounders like, you know, like an Isaiah Pacheco who ends up being your leading rusher last year. There's lots of things like that that we look at and we're like, boy, a lot of smart moves. You start to learn to lean into some of the moves that Brett Veach has made. And this year they added so many high athletic profile, high ceiling players that this might be one of the most excited, basically since Patrick Mahomes was drafted, this might be the most excited that I've been to just kind of see these guys on the field, see how they move and see how they look against real competition. I think that's kind of how I was feeling last year with some of these rookies, but Mm -hmm. I think it's manifested itself even more. Like I think there's more intensity to all those emotions and feelings and excitement because I think we think about that la- that rookie class last year and they don't stop getting better. They don't stop improving, you know, or at least all of them won't, right? Last year was the start of something, not the finished product. They just happened to win a Super Bowl amidst their development. But I'm excited about both sides of the ball. We're going to start with the offensive side about just some of the storylines and some of the things that we really want to watch in this first preseason game. And I don't think we're going to get a big sample size of this, but we will start with the first team. And I think one of the biggest things is the offensive tackles. We are getting an introduction to the offensive tackles for this team. Two new bookends on the offensive line, obviously a fantastic interior offensive line. Um, There's a lot of buzz and optimism about the tackles. Uh, I think I said this a couple weeks ago on the show. No news is good news. I think when it comes to the discourse around the tackle position, and you really haven't seen a ton of people, you know, saying something about the the tackles, you know, getting beat too much. So I'm just very excited. I mean, I'm excited to see Jawan Taylor in the Chiefs uniform, but also I'm just excited to see where Donovan Smith is at at this point in his career, coming off an injury. Boy, that I, I think most of us are just going to be glued to that left tackle spot when you know for the couple of couple of series that that he'll probably play i'm just guessing you know what we haven't heard the full andy reed rigmarole about how much those guys are going to play which never holds true it's usually like a series maybe two in the first you know the first game there but the offensive line tends to stay on the field a little bit longer and it makes some sense. You know, they want to get a look at these guys. They want to see how they move when they're going against real competition here. You know, they're it, when you watch camp, they're not, they're not hitting, they're not throwing everything that they can at some of these guys, especially the pass rushers and the offensive tackles. If they did every day, they would be beat to hell at the end of all of this. They, they are definitely taking something off of it. You know, who's not going to take anything off of it. Peyton Turner. Isaiah Foskey, these Mm -hmm. young defensive ends that are going to be coming at the Kansas City Chiefs, they're going to be trying to bring everything they can because they want to show that they're deserving of a starting spot, that they are deserving of a spot in the rotation there. So they're going to be giving Donovan Smith everything they can, Jawan Taylor everything they can. If Donovan Smith moves well and looks good against these guys, which mostly going to be, you know, more power players, things like that, using their length to try and when not necessarily big speed rushers that the New Orleans Saints have here, but those types of players, if he looks good against them, that's a big positive step. Like that's going to help everybody to maybe feel pretty good about where it is and where they are in the equation because the next guy, and Kent, I'm just going to segue right into this. The next guy that everybody's going to be watching is Wanye Morris. Mm -hmm. Is he ready? Is he ready to take that step? Where is he going to play? Is he going to play both sides? Because he has been playing, mixing in with the first team at left tackle 
and at right tackle. Where do we see him primarily? That's going to be a good view on where this team feels that they they really think that he's going to slot in. If he plays both sides, I think that they're trying to work him out so that they can maybe not keep another offensive tackle on this roster and make the roster construction decisions a little bit easier because they feel confident in Wanya Morris's ability to be the full-time swing tackle. And I think the important thing with Wanya Morris is this knock on wood is probably the biggest sample size you're going to see of him this season, unless there's injuries on the offensive line. I think Donovan Smith's quite likely to hold down that position for the entirety of the year. And if that's the case, Wanya Morris gets a red shirt year to continue to work and develop as a swing tackle, continue to develop some reps on the left side of that offensive line. I'm going to get there in a second, but this might be the biggest sample size you get of him. And if that's the case, I am quite fascinated to see his work at left tackle. He played it right. Here's you hear the funny thing. Here's the funny yeah. thing. Uh, Anton Robinson's playing right tackle for the Jacksonville Jaguars. How how hilarious is that? That they the the guy that was preventing Wanya Morris from playing left tackle at Oklahoma, and now both teams were like, "Yeah, no, nah, uh, we're gonna we're gonna swap them. We're gonna swap them here." I here's the okay. I, I was talking to our buddy Joshua Briscoe today and on on this uh, so, someone about this, and it would just be there's so many things with this team that like it's kind of like last year. If this team hits with this young defense, look out, right? If the Chiefs are able to find a serviceable left tackle for the future in the third round. That's just another one of those huge wins if they're able to get Juan A. Morris in a position where they have, you know, their bookends secured for the next three seasons after this one. Like that is a underlying storyline to see. Like he doesn't have to be a finished product on, you know, August 13th. Mm-hmm. And but if he's showing signs of growth and development over this over this preseason. It's going to be a fun, it's going to be fun discourse to have from a roster building perspective, from a draft perspective, all that stuff. If he, we don't see him, but we see him play well in the preseason. If we see him play well in the preseason, like there, there is still Lucas Niang hype. Like it's still floating around out there because people went, wow, he probably should have been a second round pick. He ends up going in the third round, doesn't play that first year, opts out for you know the COVID year and everything, comes back, gets injured. I think people think there's there's something there, and this offensive line keeps going back to him. So there's something there. There's some hope there. If Wanye Morris shows out in preseason game one, like looks really good, again, the New Orleans Saints – they're, they're no chumps uh, at defensive line. Hell, Tano Passino is listed as a third stringer on this defensive line. That's a great sixth or fifth or sixth, you know, um, <laughs> defensive end coming off of there. One and worse is going to see quality rushers that have been in this league for a little while that are trying to prove themselves. If he goes out there and he looks good and looks moves well, especially off of that left side, the hype train is going to go Whew. just – nuts it's gonna go nuts because and and to Kent's point he may not ever play this year like it may just be preseason spot duty you know filling in for injury and stuff like that but never a full-time starter or anything 
and the hype train going into next year based on a game, you know, this weekend may be bigger than we've seen of any of the offensive linemen that we've seen drafted by the Chiefs so far yet. Wanye Morris is the guy I'm second most excited to see in training camp. The one I'm most excited about, we'll talk about right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. Feel free to leave those five-star reviews. Helps us grow the channel. Helps more Chiefs fans find KC Sports Network. We have a lot of great content that's going to be on this channel during the season. It's ramping up. We're all getting quite excited, and it's really fun to be previewing a uh, sort of football game. I said the guy I'm second most excited about to watch was Wandy Morris got done talking about him. The guy I'm most excited to watch is Rashi Rice, the rookie wide receiver. And I know I'm, this is perfect time to have the wide receiver discourse. Um, and just so you know, we haven't mentioned Patrick Mahomes in the first 13 minutes of this show. I'm contractually obligated to make sure to mention him. So Patrick LeVon Mahomes, that might be it. Uh, cause everything else is more built around everything else. Yeah. Um, Rashi Rice, I think he's looked great in what we've seen of him in training camp. Um, and it's, you know, he was like, he's a tough eval obviously because last year he played hurt and played through a lot. And so some of the separation skills weren't there. So, you know, there were some questions about a little bit of the explosiveness, but watching him, you know, catching the ball away from his frame, winning at the catch point, all that kind of stuff. Those were all things that 
have shown up on his tape in college and have shown up in some ways in tape on St. Joseph in St. Joseph. So some of the positive indicators are there, but you're also seeing some of the explosion, the ability on the jet sweep that we got on the KCSN channel that you can check out. Um, good change of direction. And, and he's a guy that, I mean, he he's not the same player as Juju. The build reminds me of Juju when I look at him. And I just, I'm very excited to see where he's at in his process and whether or not he's going to be a factor in this team's office. I think he will be. It's just a matter of what what kind of factor. I think this is the first step in us kind of getting an idea of what's his role going to look like? How, how does he look? Does he look ready to take on a big burden? I'm very curious to see how much he plays. Um, that, that That's one of those that the Chiefs, when they want guys to maybe get a few more reps, they want to see what they've got a little bit more, see how they handle some of the physicality of the NFL game going up against you know bigger corners that they're not used to playing against. It certainly he's going up against them in camp, but like those guys, again, aren't slugging it out every single day. I'm curious to see how much they want him to play how many targets they're going to try and force feed him whether again it may not be Patrick Mahomes it may be Blaine Gabbert that is force feeding him targets a little bit just to see how he handles winning at the catch point still trying to play through contact trying to do some of the stuff at the NFL level that is just going to be a lot more physical and a lot more difficult than his skill set has currently had to go up against and if they let him run for a little while, and I think people will read into that quite a bit, and especially since he's been kind of mixing in you know, early twos, but late ones sort of deal there, definitely on the fringe with the first team. If they pull him off the field quickly, I think we can start to talk about how they are hiding Rasheed Rice a little bit. Because as it stands, there, there's highlights and stuff like that. They're showing some stuff. They definitely have Justin Ross and Daenerys Prince and Sky Moore stuff that they are really focusing on. And yet the comments coming out of camp from everybody that I've talked to is, hey, uh, Rasheed Rice looks great. And if he looks that great and they're not haping him up, are they keeping it close to the vest? Are they trying to have something, you know, again, we, we saw the Chiefs do this with Kareem Hunt. Yeah, he took opportunity there with like Spencer Ware going down, but they had a clear and defined plan for him to step in and have a role in this offense. Do we see something like that for Rasheed Rice? So I'm actually watching the number of snaps here because him going out there playing against physical NFL competition for the first time, even if he doesn't look great, it's not doom and gloom. I'm not worried about it at all. Like it's fine. Grow into the role. We we've talked about this draft class needing some time at, you know, for some of these guys, that's fine. If they don't let him play very much, that is a very big indicator that they feel super super comfortable with him i am also really amped to watch sky more like i yeah. the when the defensive backs and defensive coordinator coming out and saying hey listen this is a lot harder than it was <laughs> last year you know when they're going up against him that's really good uh so many questions about this wide receiver group the depth the top end how you know potentially bad it could be there could be a lot of opportunity for a second-year player that knows the offense a little bit better and has looked pretty good in camp to step in and claim a bigger share of the targets than maybe we even think about. So this may not be something that we see too much on Sunday, but I'm going to be watching how he's moving a little bit, how he's feeling in the offense a little bit, 
They're going to be calling basic concepts, but spacing, you know, the way that he's playing off of corners, leverages, lots of eyes on him because it does sound like he's made possibly the biggest step from year one to year two. Yeah. I mean, you hear some of the stuff in some of the discourse about, you know, his ability to pick the the playbook up and, you know, he was having to be told where to go early and he felt more and more comfortable as the season went on. And I mean, it is a real thing. The whole Andy Reed rookie. I mean, it's, it's real. I mean, especially when you're fumbling punts, it's real. (laughs) Yeah. Confident thing, man. (laughs) Yeah. So just being able to play with freedom and play to the strengths that he has, I think just getting to see what that actually looks like will be huge. Like, I think we talked about it when it happened, I think that that touchdown was big for him in the Super Bowl. You know, like I know he was wide open, but it's big for him to, you know, score a touchdown, his first career touchdown, get that monkey off his back and get that kind of confidence. Uh, and hopefully it springboards, you know, more opportunities and in him kind of just taking, you know, taking a big step. The funny thing we don't talk about here, Craig, yet, it's also Justin Ross's first preseason oh. game. Like we haven't seen Justin Ross play yet in a Chiefs uniform. Like we've seen a practice, you know. We've you know we've seen the sizzle reels that the Chiefs been doing for all their media stuff, and he's in a Chiefs jersey. But we have not seen this man play. And like, I I think I Justin Ross to me feels like just a cherry on top. You know, having another player like him if he's able to play at a quality level. It's not a guy that maybe is like from a roster construction perspective, isn't like, you know, it, it's still, you still got to figure some stuff out to keep him Cause I don't think he's going to be a huge special teams factor, but it speaks to the fact that we're still having these conversations. He's still making plays. He's still getting reps with the one he's still getting opportunities like that. And this is like a game setting. We're going to get to see like what that looks like when, when Justin Ross takes the field in a real capacity. Yeah. I I mean, we've seen every highlight in the book from him now and making contested catches, winning at the catch point, gaining some separation, getting vertical on a couple of plays. And that's, that's very positive. He looks healthy or as Mm -hmm. healthy as he's going to look now. Like I, I feel like this is what we're going to get from this guy. And that's, that's great. Like what we've seen so far, I think that we're reading a lot into the fact that he has taken some reps with the first team and people are getting really excited at, oh, that's wide receiver one. Oh, you know, this guy is immediately going to come in, have, you know, 50 catches for 500 yards and whatever. No, that's, we still need to keep the expectations low here. You know, as they rotate guys in, that first team is MVS, Justin Watson, and Sky Moore. Then they're bringing in Rasheed Rice. Then they're bringing in Richie James. Then you see a big gap there when you start seeing guys like Justin Ross. He is still showing way better than I think anybody wanted to. I am very excited to see him because this man deserves to put on a football uniform again and take the field. Like the everything that he's been through, all the injury history and everything like that, he deserves a spot on an NFL roster. I think that he's got a, a really good inside shot at making the 53 for the Chiefs here. But it's just going to be, regardless of what he does, Sunday's game is a massive moment for him and his career. And 
even if he doesn't have any catches, any targets, anything like that, I think it should be celebrated for what he's been able to do to recover and get back on the field of the NFL. Yeah, and just, I think, rounding out the rest of the receiver conversation, like, it's just... It, it, I don't know if we're going to get clarity. Like, I don't think we're getting clarity on how that room shakes out this week, but I do think it's going to help help identify the strengths that Andy Reid can exploit in some of these guys. I think it'll it'll go some way in helping that a little bit, and that's what I'm kind of excited to see. Um, any other big things on the offensive side of the ball before we move to the defense? I mean, I, I think the only other story that we need to kind of keep an eye on that may help determine some of the rotation and some of the roster construction is at the tight end position. Um, we have kind of assumed that they're going to keep four tight ends because they did last year. Don't have a fullback. Number, don't have a fullback. A lot of it makes sense to keep four tight ends. I don't know if they will. And seeing how much 12 personnel they play, seeing how often they rotate out their tight ends, seeing who's playing deep into the fourth quarter. It may tell us a lot there. You know, if we still got Blake Bell playing in the fourth quarter there, I, I think that that tells you a little bit about maybe they're comfortable with three. And so a lot of the roster construction conversations, we just kind of thrown in four tight ends is, yeah, it's probably going to happen. We might get a little insight on that uh, in this week's game with maybe a little more 11 personnel. So I'm going to throw this out here a little bit. And it's not a on-field discussion for week one, but I've been thinking about this a little bit when it comes to the tight end position. Because you're right. I'm not, you know, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to look like, right? I don't know if they're going to keep four. And I think about Blake Bell. And I wonder if Blake Bell is a guy that you can put on a practice squad. I wonder if he's a Austin Ryder kind of thing where we've seen, like it's it's the same thing. Austin Ryder, people forget, like he was the center for a Super Bowl team and he's just been, he was chilling on the Chiefs practice squad last year. And I kind of guess that's probably what he's going to do again this year. I wonder if Blake Bell's the kind of guy that you can have and hold on a, on a special. I mean, he's he's getting older. Like I'm not talking about two year old, two years ago, Blake Bell, right? Right. And so I just wonder. I just I'm kind of wondering if he might be one of those guys you put on the practice spot. Him and Bushman, you put him on the practice squad, call him up as needed. Uh, if they find a team, great. But we say, and we're looking at this roster, and I agree. There's definitely some. Hey, that guy could get swiped kind of candidates. But I mean, it's not going to be. I mean, there's there's not that many. You know, it doesn't happen very often. So I don't know. I just, I, I think it's going to be interesting to watch. I have one other thing I'm, I want to just talk about real quick before we move on. Daenerys Prince, oh, same man. kind of snap yep. count watch, but also like, I'm just excited to see him on a, in a Chiefs jersey running like a bat out of hell. You know, Daenerys Prince, like, listen, never bet on preseason games. Just don't do it. I kind of want to take the over on Daenerys Prince. <laughs> Just whatever it is, rushing and receiving. Like, I feel like he has a chance to play a lot this uh, this Sunday and is the type of guy that if he breaks through the front line of a third-string defense, you ain't catching him. So, I, I don't know. I just, again, don't, don't bet on preseason football because you never know what coaches are going to do. But also, that's one that I might actually do. Is that even like a... Is that even something you can bet on? 
Um, I don't know. I haven't looked. Okay. I, I, I should. If I can, I'm going to. Oh, that's interesting. I just remember that Derek Carr is going to be in the building again. There's like no way. There's no way the the Saints can win. I guess. Uh, that's yeah. Well, it's at their place, Kent. So maybe they could win. I, you know, with <laughs> Derek Carr might have blocked me on Twitter just now. I'm not sure. We're gonna take a break. We'll be back to talk about the defense right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Feel free to leave a five-star review. We always appreciate all those wonderful things that help support KC Sports Network. Y'all are probably getting real sick of me asking those questions. Craig's taking a sip of his water right there. Um, it might not be water because he's having to deal with me tonight. I just don't know. vodka. It's oh, okay. just straight vodka. Okay. I, I figured as much. That's okay. Let's talk about the defense, though, as we're previewing this game. Um. I don't know where 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 do you want to start, Craig? Like, what's the big most pressing thing for the defensive side of the ball that that's the burning? What's the burning question for you with this with the Saints game? Craig has oh, you back? I'm back. Sorry about that, everybody. Uh, I was just asking you what your biggest burning question is about this this defense. Where's the direction you want to start this thing for I mean... uh, for Chiefs Saints? it's the defensive line. Like that's the biggest burning question is what's going to happen what? on the defensive line. Hey, did hey, by the way, quick sidebar. Did you see yeah. some of the more crypt, the, the cryptic tweets today? Oh, uh, and Chris Jones clearly getting on uh, or posting a picture of getting on an airplane. Yeah. Um, who knows if it's an old one? Who knows if it's him flying out of MCI trying to show that he's leaving Kansas city? Who knows if it's him flying into Kansas city, his agents even getting in on the action now. He did say that, you know, I'm here for one more year. I'm not a fortune teller. I don't know what's going to happen. Let's just make it count. You know, I, hey, I feel like just His- with the kind of the flurry of activity today with all of that stuff, I feel like Chris Jones is on his way to camp soon. I'm not going to make any predictions about contract or anything like that. I just feel like he's going to show up soon. Um, it would be super awesome if he was you know, back in St. Joe, you know, before they go and take this trip to preseason week one, he's not going to play preseason week one. I I don't think that he would have played preseason week one, even if he was at camp the entire time. But yes, there was a little more Chris Jones stuff. We'll we'll see what it is. I want to see the rest of the defensive line. I want to see Keandre Coburn. I want to see Derek Nottie. I want to see what Turk Wharton looks like if he gets to play at all. Hopefully Mm. he does. You know, they're, taking it easy with him. Let's see what comes out of that. And then, yeah, obviously, all of those young pass rushers, like they eschewed some of their veteran leaders and Frank Clark and Carlos Dunlap and, you know, guys that they've brought in over the years to try and bring up the level, you know, bring in these veterans to help coach the young guys. They're gone. They're they're just saying, hey, guess what? Mike Dana, you're going to be the elder statesman. You're going to be the one that's leading the group here. See what George Karloftis in year two looks like. See what Felix Anaduka and Zama looks like. You know, is, does he have a little more in his repertoire than he did at K-State? Are we seeing that growth already? What does B.J. Thompson look like with a little more weight on him when he gets to throw hands for real against an offensive tackle? Like, I, 
there are so many fun things to watch on this defensive line that it's going to take me a few times watching through this game because I'm certain the first time I'm just going to be laser focused on that front four, not watching you know the rotation in the back seven there as much because there's so many questions that I want to see some answers, even if they're not definitive in week one. Yeah, okay, I know the Chris Jones stuff is like the dominant storyline, but the defensive ends and so much volume of defensive ends that you could see maybe making the roster like and you know Malik Herring Josh Kando having strong showings Truman Jones is another interesting guy you know BJ Thompson haven't heard much about him seeing some of these guys maybe separate themselves from you know maybe the pack as far as the conversations concerned you know I think you know some of the more locked in guys but when it comes to those guys I just mentioned it's a couple of them make it three of them make it who knows how many of them actually make it they've got to start separating themselves now this is your opportunity to bj thompson has to show that he's got that special burst up the arc and the ability to bend that's going to keep him around this year uh you know malik herring and josh josh kendo he has all the talent he's just got to kind of put it all together physically or uh mentally i mean and he's got you know he's got some interesting physical traits they've held on to malik herring forever uh, and then and Truman Jones, like another guy that, I mean, he was a, I, I think, Compton to Mike Dana as far as like a style of player where, you know, he's an edge player, can do a little bit of the dirty work, was lined up multiple spots at Harvard. Um, they I don't loved know. Him. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's that sort of stuff. Yeah. Like I, it sounds weird, but like, I'm just, and, and obviously like, I'm excited about Felix getting to see Felix, but like just like these younger rotational defensive ends that are maybe a little bit buried at the bottom of the depth chart are the guys that I'm most excited to kind of see. And I know it sounds weird, but I just, I want to see if anybody can separate from the pack. You, you want to see it because there's a lot of question marks about that. I mean, we spent the better part of this offseason talking about, should they add somebody to not just the wide receiver room, but the defensive line room? Like it was a kind of a given there for a little while that Frank Clark was just going to come back. And then when Frank Clark signed with the Broncos, it was just kind of a given, well, Carlos Dunlap will come back. Andy Reid coming out and saying, we, we feel pretty good there. But it's time to see what they feel pretty good about. And if those questions will be answered, you know, in, in live stuff, like it's one of those things. Yeah. You hit the bags really well. That's going well. Your drills are going pretty well, but, you know, when push comes to shove, you need somebody out there. And Charles Amenahue missing six games at the beginning of the year is a big blow because that's when they're going to want to lean on some more veteran presences. So I, I'm just kind of paying attention here, see, checking the level that they're at, seeing how comfortable some of these guys look running around there. Again, it's not doom and gloom if they don't look great, but this position maybe more than even wide receiver might be one where we see a little movement after preseason week one. If they don't like what it is, hey, guess what? Carlos Dunlap's still out there. Maybe they do go ahead and say, yeah. hey, we're not as comfortable as we thought here. So it's it's kind of time for all these guys to go out there and show whether or not they are deserving of that roster spot and whether or not this team needs to make another move, a low money move, but another move nonetheless. Well, you have to have money to do that. Uh, so... We'll see what happens with Chris we'll, Jones. We'll <laughs> I, yeah, it, I, how many, just like, like, where are we at with, with the edge group? Do you think they keep, do you think they keep six? I honestly, on have the initial to, I mean, 53, it, it, 
it's tough because Charles Amenehu won't count. Like, right, that's it, what I'm saying. Right. Outside of Amenehu on the initial all. 53, yeah. So outside of Amenehu, it's Dana, it's Karloftis, it's Felix. Um, it, very confident Kane. in those three. Um, Kane, I, BJ, I think Malik, Malik Herring is going to be on this roster. I, I just do. They've trusted him in, especially in rundowns, short yardage situations, and he's been good in those. I don't, I don't want to make it sound like oh, they're just throwing him out there. He's been pretty good in those. And maybe that frees you up to have more of a designated pass rusher because you got a guy who can win on early downs. So a Malik Herring, and then BJ Thompson, I feel like is not going to clear waivers. No, those those five, I think, are pretty strong. Does Josh Kando push hard enough to make a sixth? Does Truman, Truman Jones, Jones yeah. push hard enough to make a sixth? Like those are the big questions there. I, I feel pretty good about those first five, though making it on the initial 53, and then they're going to kind of check the temperature when it's time for a Minihue to come back. Uh, the cornerback room feels a little uh, not unsettled because, like, I think you know the names, but it mm -hmm. also feels like a couple new names have entered the chat. You're seeing Nick, uh, Nick Jones and Echo Boyo Doe, and they're seeing snaps over the likes of a Joshua Williams or a Jalen Watson, and it's... It's interesting, right? I You've seen the Chiefs do this in the past. You've seen them maybe employed as a tactic to help motivate some young guys. Uh, but you've also just seen them do it. And it's, they're so, if they're earning them, they're earning them. I don't know how much to read into you know the Nick Joneses and Echo Boyo Doe getting snaps. But I'm super excited to see them. Like, yeah. And I think it's like... I think it's I think it's like a it's a total it's a it's like a, a holistic look at the corner back room. It's okay, what's going on with the second year guys? And it's what are these first year guys doing? That's intriguing the Chiefs so much, right? So it's like a double edged sword. It's two questions, and it's it's very exciting. I I can't wait. Like that's one of the it's, it sucks that you know it's gonna be hard to watch, you know those guys and in their entire body of work, you know on you know broadcast film but man i'm just i'm excited to get a look at these guys and, and and uh and see just kind of both sides of that coin i guess yeah if the uh if the first three corners on the field aren't trent mcduffie uh jalen watson and joshua williams because legerious need is still nursing an injury and should not play in this game at all but if it's not those three that catapults to one of the biggest stories coming out of here. Like that, that means something pretty significant there in their rotation. Yes. Nick Jones has been rotating in as a slot corner. We'll see what that means. We'll see when he comes in, we'll see if Trent McDuffie stays on the outside or if they decide that they're going to, you know, take guys off and bring Nick Jones in as the slot corner. Lots of question marks for those young DBs. They've got this room that's, fairly solid. Like, I think we all believe that, you know, Legereus Snead, Trent McDuffie, Jalen Watson, or Joshua Williams, one of those two, those are the guys. And that's I a really did. good front line. I did until Jalen and Joshua, you know, whatever's going right. on there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And again, they, they've tried those guys out. I think we all remember, you know, Kent was a big herbivore, uh, Herb Miller, you know, they, yep. they tried some stuff out. And herbivores we'll, unite, we'll, baby. We'll see if they try it out. <laughs> These are young enough players, though, that I think that they want to keep building on it. Like, we've talked about it 
a lot. They ran a lot of static cover two last year. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a lot in the playbook that they were really tapping into until later on in the year. They need to add to that. And so I think we've seen maybe some less than positive kind of, you know, vibes about some of those second year guys as they've added more. I mean, Steve Spagnuolo's alluded to, yeah, there's, you know, some guys out here that are just kind of reverting to old habits. And so they're mixing things up to try and maybe snap some of these guys into place because, I mean, those three should obviously feel very confident going into year two coming off of a Super Bowl victory, having the kind of season that they did. But bringing in this other competition is incredibly important to keep them focused and to keep them learning, especially when he wants to continue to add to the book. Now, I will say this. I think Echo and Nick Jones, both coming into the equation a little bit here, feels very Dave Tobe to me. Feels like, hey... I really like these guys. Like maybe they're going to be my starting gunners or maybe they're going to play this this vice role for me a lot more. I want to see what they've got because I'd like to keep them both. And if y'all like them enough on defense, I'm going to put my, you know, put the flag in the ground and say, hey, I want to keep them both. So I'm keeping an eye on that a little bit too. It may be that they're just trying to cycle them through because Uncle Dave wants them. That's a good thought. And I'm sure they're going to have to sort that situation out here pretty quick. I mean, Nazi Johnson's a tough loss. He really is. Tough. It's it's from from a special teams perspective, and I mean, he was showing some really positive signs on the defensive side of the ball too. So it's it's a bummer that we're not going to get to see him this year, and and we'll see what the kind of the repercussions of that are from uh, from all that. Okay, so anything else on defense before before we move on here? Yeah, I'm looking to see how much Brian Cook is in control out there. They have spoken a lot about him in camp, about how he's calling plays, about he's kind of directing traffic back there, and it's coming very naturally to him. I think we all just kind of naturally assumed that Justin Reed was going to have that role, and Justin Reed was going to do some of that stuff. That doesn't take anything away from Justin Reed. I think we're just all used to the high-paid safety is the guy that's calling it. That's what Tyron Matthew, who you know is going to be on the opposite sideline this weekend, that's what he did. That's what Eric Berry did. Now you got Justin Reed in here. That doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Uh, you know, Derek Johnson uh, talks about it all the time that. He liked having some stuff taken off of his plate so he could play faster. He liked a guy like Josh Mauga next to him that was calling some of these plays. That doesn't mean that DJ is just standing there quietly. If you watch any of the defensive breakdowns, he'll tell you otherwise. But having some of that off his plate so that he could set up to be more of a playmaker role, that may mean something for Justin Reed. And we'll get to that in the future in some of these other games. But I want to see how much he's directing traffic, Brian Cook, how much he's you know in control of the defense, how much they're relying on him in the secondary. It is a young secondary. If he's already stepping into that role, it's kind of a leader on the back end. That's that's huge for a guy that we all kind of – he was drafted last year, and we're like, okay, cool, high football character. He's a hitter. We get it. You know, We understand some of the reasons why. If he's stepping into that leader role already in the secondary – that's an even bigger, you know, kind of land in a second round pick than maybe any of us could have predicted. Love it. I think that's, I think that's a great point. And I guess it's kind of talking a little bit about earlier. It's like some of these guys don't have to stop getting better and improve. 
and grow. And like, I, that's what's so, that was what was so exciting about last year is you saw established NFL players from a rookie class and a lot of them be part of a Super Bowl winning team, make plays. I mean, Joe Burrow was, I think, touched the hands of all but one defensive back that the Chiefs drafted last year in the AFC Championship game. So, um, it's just, it's exciting. It's, uh, and, and Brian Cooks, I think, one of those guys that like, next step you know uh it, it could be like we were excited you're glad to have him year one and then all of a sudden year two comes along and like uh oh okay so yeah. they got another I mean, they dude. loved him exactly loved him. And, and lots of other nfl teams loved him as well like we heard that like it, the the chiefs and multiple people that we've talked to from other teams or you know beat writers for other teams basically said if that dude was healthy he was not there teams loved him that much we may find out why i am also real quick before we get out of here i'm excited about leo chanel just mm-hmm. seeing his continued growth and development his confidence his understanding of coverage his movement skills all those kind of things i think there's a role for leo chanel i think he's another one of those brian cooks where you're gonna kind of be stunned to see him grow and, and take another step that's what's so exciting to me so i uh, i'm very much looking forward to leo chanel anybody else for you craig no, I, Leo Chanel's a big one right there as well. Uh, from all accounts, it sounds like he's moving more fluidly. Um, and he was already a guy that that was a good athlete. If he's moving more fluidly there, it kind of makes things easier to drop those guys into coverage from the Sam linebacker role and you know have him rotate out there. I'm looking for Jack Cochran. Um, I, I think that there is a position open on this team for kind of that last linebacker spot, you know, we'll call it the Darius Harris spot for lack of a better term here. I think there's a position there for a special teamer. And I think that they want a guy that's young and can kind of do some of the things that, you know, uh, that they, that they just kind of want. It's just going to do the dirty work going to show up and, and make everybody better as not a practice squatter, but you know, the backups back up there that can play, all of those spots, a la Ben Neiman, except he's not going to be in the dime. So I I want to see what he looks like. I think he's probably the most likely candidate to jump into that role, but we'll see. Maybe another guy jumps over him, and if he does not play particularly well, if he's off his game. All right, Craig, uh, the moment we've all been ma- waiting for, it's time to predict this game. What do you got? What? <laughs> We did it last year. I, I'm, I actually doing think, it this year. I know. I know. I don't know why. Because um, it's fun. I think the New Orleans Saints are actually going to play their starters for a little while. And it makes sense for them to do so. Because Derek Carr's new. Um, I think they're not going to play Alvin Kamara. And he's going to be suspended at the start of the year there. Try and figure out how Derek Carr looks with Chris Olave, with Michael Thomas. You know, figure out how he's comfortable calling things. Like it's one thing to do it in practice, but it's another to try and, you know, hit hit the seam, you know, when everybody's going full speed. So I'm very curious to see how much they play. If they play a lot, we may see the Chiefs deep second team playing against the New Orleans Saints first team. That has happened in multiple preseason games under Andy Reid, which could lead to maybe them running away with it a little bit. I I don't know. Shane Buchel has apparently not looked great in camp, so I'd like to predict a, a Shane Buchel big comeback at the end of the game. But I will say that the Saints go ahead 
and they go ahead and they win this one because they play their starters for way longer. Hell, we don't even know if Patrick Mahomes is going to play in this one. So I'm going to say that they eke this one out because the Chiefs don't quite have enough with their third stringers to make it up. Yeah, I could see the Saints playing their starters a little bit more. I'm with you. Uh, and the Chiefs might be playing with their second best group. But their second best group is good enough. We'll talk to you all after a thrilling 19-18 Chiefs preseason one victory. Catch you later. Big Ten football, baby. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.